This episode is brought to you by Aspen Snowmass Sotheby's International Realty, the premier brokerage in Aspen and the Roaring Fork Valley. As the largest local real estate brokerage, we are a powerhouse firm with international reach and over 180 hand-picked brokers who are local experts, deeply vested in our community and our clients. We continue to set the bar in market knowledge, sales volume, and satisfied clients, and have helped our clients buy and sell more homes than any other real estate company in Aspen and the Roaring Fork Valley for more than 20 years. Our year-to-date sales are greater than the next four companies combined. For us, it's not just business, it's personal, because we're convinced there's no better place to live than right here, right now. Learn more by visiting us at www.aspensnowmasssir.com. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Christian Knapp. This is Selling the Mountains, a show about the booming mountain town real estate economy and unique personalities fueling it. Each episode is an insider's perspective on market trends, lifestyle, success stories, and the ups and downs of homeownership in the mountains. Christian Knapp is the former chief marketing officer of Aspen Skiing Company and a lifelong mountain town enthusiast. He is an accomplished marketing and sales leader who has worked for the top resorts in North America, including Aspen, Vail, Breckenridge, and Keystone. Currently, Christian is an independent consultant and principal at Moment of Truth, a boutique marketing firm specializing in brand development, strategic planning, and digital execution. All opinions expressed by Christian and podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of the companies or clients they represent. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for real estate investment decisions. My guest today is Dan Dockray. Dan has been sharing Telluride with his clients for almost 20 years and finds no greater pleasure than helping others immerse themselves in both the local culture and community. In addition to being a broker associate for Live Sotheby's International Realty, Dan has been an active member of Search and Rescue since 2002. That level of commitment demonstrates his extraordinary level of service and ability to deliver for each and every client. Combined with his unparalleled knowledge of the area, countless connections, and long-lasting relationships, he is the ideal broker to introduce Telluride to the Selling the Mountains audience. In our conversation, we discuss Dan's philosophy of bringing the entire community behind him for support and how tremendously important your reputation is in a small town like Telluride. We also talked about the pace of high net worth people moving to town and how it's accelerating the housing problem for locals. Lastly, we talked about listing Tom Cruise's ranch and the property itself, which is one of the most unique and beautiful in all of Colorado and maybe the United States. I hope you enjoy this great conversation with Dan. This episode is brought to you by Land Title Guarantee Company. Land Title Guarantee Company is Colorado's largest locally owned and operated title agency. Since 1967, Land Title customers can rely on thorough record searches and secure handling of money and information, along with accurate and on-time processing of every transaction by the best people in the industry. With more than 50 offices across the state, their team knows Colorado real estate, laws, customs, and markets inside and out. They know Colorado like it's their own backyard, because it is. Put your trust in the best, Visit ltgc.com or call 970-728-1023 and say you heard about land title on Selling the Mountains. I've been here about 20 years and kind of came the same way you did. You see how beautiful it is. Uh, I think 
The most striking thing is it's this box canyon surrounded on three sides by mountains that go up to almost 14,000 feet with probably the most striking views in the state of Colorado. It's a quiet little town of only about 2,500 people that I think is, you know, it doesn't have any of the box stores or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, really friendly locals and uh, incredible mountain life here define what I think is the best town in North America. So backing up, you say you've been there for 20 years. Can you give us a little bit of like a thumbnail sketch of your career to date and how you how you got to Telluride and how you ended up in real estate? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I grew up back east and uh, I moved to Aspen after graduating high school. I had a great time there and I went back east again for college. Uh, after college, I decided that uh, I wanted to be back out in Colorado. I had some friends that had moved to Telluride and they suggested coming here. Uh, I came here for what I thought would be maybe one winter and uh, it's turned into this 20 year time frame. I started out as a mountain guide and a waiter and bartender. And I did that for uh, somewhere around seven to 10 years, depending on which job it was. I realized that real estate would be a good fit for me. And I was going through the motions after being here a couple of years of how do I stay here? How would I ever live here? I certainly can't do that in my guiding uh, income, even though I really loved guiding. I, I thought real estate fit my personality really well. And I had a business degree. And so I got my license in 2007. And I started working real estate in 2008. And uh, it, it was a tough time to start because the economy was right about to tilt into terrible mode. And uh, I was lucky enough, though, to do enough to get on my feet in the business and then actually be quite successful in 2009 and 2010. I think my honesty and integrity resonate with clients. And even in the times that were really tough, uh, people asked for my advice and we were able to be patient and find deals in that market for people that were willing to take the risk during one of the worst real estate markets. And uh, now they're reaping those rewards because uh, things have significantly increased uh, since then. And uh, I was lucky to build my business kind of out of that downturn and continue to see it grow almost every year, really, as we went from 2010 to, to now. And uh, I, I moved to Sotheby's in 2009 and that was a great move. I think Sotheby's has the best name in real estate in uh, in the world. Incredible networking opportunities. And that really blossomed to create where I am today as a leader in Sotheby's. I feel like it's just been hard work and determination and integrity and uh, a great support of our community here. Uh, I have a lot of friends being here that long that know me since I was a mountain guide or a bartender. And I really haven't changed since then. And I'm just doing a different business. And uh, I've been really lucky to be so successful in such a small community where I think even more so than in other areas, your your reputation matters tremendously. Your clients walk around town, they bring up your name, um, and hopefully everybody's saying good things about you. 
No, that's an absolute uh, truth, right? I mean, Telluride is a very small community. It's an amazing community, but it is tiny. I'm always shocked when I go down there. And uh, you might um, see somebody the night before and then, oh, there they are at the breakfast place too. And uh, it is a small community and, and, you know, and it sounds like you've really found your niche there. And, you know, just back, I'd like to hear a little more about how quickly did the Telluride market recover from the, you know, the 08, 09 recession? Yeah. So the 08, 09 recession really didn't bottom out in Telluride until 2012. And uh, I think that was the case in some other mountain markets where these people are walking away from their properties and there's not a huge amount of buyer demand because people don't generally buy a second home until the market is stabilized in their home market. So wherever they live, most of the time needs to kind of recover first before they're going to go and explore into these other markets, partly probably because of how their balance sheet looks at the time and then how that risk profile looks. So Telluride didn't start coming out of the recession really until 2013 and has since grown at a, at a reasonable pace since 2013. And then when did you really start seeing it accelerate into the current boom we're experiencing now? That acceleration really started in 2017, uh, in my opinion, maybe a little bit in the latter half of 2016. Uh, we started to really see the buyer demand increase and be very stable. That kind of increased each year, getting a little stronger and a little stronger. And running into the pandemic, we were in a very strong market in Telluride with limited inventory to a large degree. Although I don't think at that time we imagined how much stronger it could increase during the pandemic. So we really saw about 2017 until 2020, very good growth. And then we just saw that accelerate extraordinary beyond what anybody's ever seen in Telluride since then. And it continues today. So how would you define your niche in the Telluride market? You know, I, I define my niche, I guess, based on personal relationships and staying with these clients for years and years and becoming friends and sharing the community. It, it turns into, I would say, it's not just like, what do I sell? I'll help almost anybody with all of the skills I have. I feel like I bring the entire community behind me with support. So, you know, compared to a lot of other brokers, I have, I also own a management company. And so we really help with all facets of, of our clients' needs. When they come in, we'll help them find places for rent. We'll uh, help them find babysitter if they need it. Uh, we will help them find a good mountain guide. We will show them every aspect of our community and we look at it, every relationship is a very long-term relationship. Uh, so um, I wouldn't say it's one price point or one type of property that I specialize in, so to speak, but that I specialize in building long-term relationships with my clients. And uh, I think that's really paid off over time. So tell me a little bit about your management company. Are you doing luxury rentals or is it a property management company? We don't do rentals. We're a property management company. I created the company in 2009 to accommodate clients that I was helping buy homes here. Uh, it started when people would call me in general and be like, hey, can you check on this at the house? And we have an alarm going off. Can you go there? And it's midnight and you're going over to take care of a client. And I said, well, 
you know, to do this at some point, I should probably be paid. I love doing uh, the best work for my clients. But when you get the midnight call to respond to alarm, you're hoping uh, for something. And <laughs> That's going above and beyond. It's going above and beyond. And, and so I decided to start this small company. And uh, it really started with this large property in Greyhead, uh, which is about 20 minutes outside of Telluride. Uh, these folks that I became friends with, and they just kept asking me to manage their home. At the same time, I had other people calling me to kind of show up on these alarm calls. And at first, I told them no, and they continued to solicit me to work for them. And then now it's grown into, we manage about 85 properties right now that range from condominiums to commercial properties and uh, a number of residential single-family homes. I'm sure that really is a great pipeline of clientele for you in the real estate business. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's more of a, a pipeline of staying close with your clients and getting all of their referral work because you're keeping this network alive all of the time. You're checking in with those clients really commonly. It doesn't generate a lot of, if you want to call it real estate leads on its own, it's more the organic style of we're just staying in touch. We're taking care of every aspect of their life in Telluride. And so they lean on us for advice. And so when their friend asks about real estate, that we're on top of mind all the time. Where I think a lot of real estate agents leave after the sale and maybe they check in once a year or something and uh, you, you can become less top of mind, especially in a town like this where maybe they meet 25 other real estate agents in the first six months. And so this, I think, helps us stay very relevant in everybody's lives. And obviously, it's a nice steady stream of income in those downturns. Yeah. Actually, during the downturn, I looked back at it and was like really excited because it stabilized my income when commissions were fewer and far between. And I looked at that a really nice safety net for my family. That's a great point. We're in a business that can be a really incredible business, but at the same time, it's got huge ups and downs. And there can be months where you don't have a closing, especially when I was starting out. And so you don't know when your next paycheck's coming. So it's nice to have something coming in monthly that just stabilizes your life. So you know you can go buy a property and, and live a normal life. Now, with this real estate boom that we're currently experiencing, all the mountain communities and Telluride for sure has seen uh, that this in, happening at a very high level. Do you think it's fundamentally changing the fabric of Telluride? You know, that's a good question. And I think so far, there is some change that I wouldn't have expected a year ago. And I think we basically, even though mountain communities are to a large degree uh, gentrified, I think it's accelerated a pace of people moving here with a high net worth. And it's accelerated the housing problems in the community for the locals, which is deeply concerning to me because it's pushed prices, especially on the lower end, almost out of reach uh, for a lot of folks. And generally walking around town, I don't think you really notice anything different. There's no, you know, still see all your friends and uh, feels quite the same. But I think when you look deeper, we've taken some of these mountain community problems, and they're a little bit worse now. Telluride's really good at creating community housing, but it's a, an acute problem at this point. We'll see how much it changes in the long term, though. I think that's still yet to be seen. 
No, this is something, a subject we've dove into in several episodes of the show. I mean, you know, affordable housing in these mountain towns was already on a crisis level. And now with the pandemic and this acceleration of sales and more high net worth people choosing to spend more time in the mountains and buying up the inventory, it does put incredible pressure on anything quasi-affordable that would have been occupied by locals. And I like your point about, you know, people are walking around town, you're seeing your friends that you've always seen, but they got in early or they've been in for a while and they've been able to to make it work. It's probably that next generation of people that want to move to the mountains and make a life like you did where it's going to be fundamentally harder than it ever has been. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think right now we're seeing a lot of people walk in the office and go, is there any way you can help me with a rental? And I am always happy to help, but it's so difficult and there's no kind of rental organization or anything here that that has much and and usually the advice is to watch our facebook sweet deals posts and try to find roommate and i think it's definitely harder than it's ever been and part of that is these these homes that have sold especially with this accelerated pace in town are being rehabbed and used as second homes where some of them are just really dumpy old mining cabins and you'd have four to seven different local ski bums living in those mining cabins. And now uh, they all have to look. So uh, the guys that were here, like you said, are, are still here. They all know how to figure out how to stay here, I think, quite well. But we're seeing those newer ones come in and just go, how do I find anything? And the prices of rentals have gone up in step with the prices of real estate. I'm assuming the luxury rental market's booming there. And what what's the what's it like with the gray market, Airbnb and VRBO? Are those, are those really dominating the rental market now in Telluride? You know, I think they're an integral part. I don't think they're dominating the rental market. I still see the rental agencies in town being very strong. However, all of those companies put their listings on VRBO and Airbnb. So it's it's kind of like you get their website and the VRBO and Airbnb exposure. We do see a lot more people using Airbnb and VRBO, but they still have a lot of questions and they kind of need some direction. So a lot of times they reach out to somebody like me and ask for advice. Hey, where is this? This is a good location. Things that you can't get from a a landlord. Uh, And uh, we're seeing those rental companies really take over a lot of other properties. Most of the new buyers in the area are second home buyers still. So a lot of them are renting, especially on the lower end. How's the relationship with the town government and that market? It's been really interesting because there's been limits to the VRBO and Airbnb and vacation rental occupancy rates due to COVID. So I think there's been stronger oversight from the town. In the past, it was quite easy. You just kind of sign up for your business license and you do it as long as you're in a district that allows vacation rentals. Nobody really looks at you. Again, you pay your tax. Uh, there's a 12% lodging tax here that you pay. But now with the, the occupancy restrictions changed multiple times in this COVID era, I think that's made it really hard for a lot of homeowners and renters. And uh, I think they've been there's been some fines put on people that exceeded those occupancy rates as people look at look over having only 30% occupancy and it changed so quick. A lot of people were unable to stay up uh, and keep up with those occupancy rates. At the same time, renter demand, I think is higher than maybe ever. Wow. Yeah, that is definitely another 
you know, issue we hear resoundingly across the mountain communities in the West and, and probably everywhere, right, is just this sort of, you know, how do you, how are the town governments monetizing it? How is it being regulated? And it's definitely accelerated, like you said, with more new owner, owners that want to get their place into the rental pool, depending on the town and the, the type of property. And uh, it's going to continue to be an issue, but it's also been a boom, too, in terms of bringing in more customers and allowing more options for people to stay in these towns. Yeah. And we're seeing people stay longer because now a lot of people realize that they can telecommute and, uh, or we're forced to telecommute for a while and we're hoping to get out of the city or whatever. And, uh, those guys end up on VRBO and Airbnb pretty commonly and are renting longer than normal. And we've definitely seen the rates go up. I'm not a vacation rental company, but I see their rates growing and I see a lot of people reaching out for rentals and we're seeing those nightly rates go, but also the monthly rates go up. This episode is brought to you by Vector Bank Colorado. Are you looking to buy a new home? Or perhaps you are planning to refinance, renovate, or build? Carrie Coleman and the team at Vector Bank can help, offering traditional mortgages, home equity loans, refinance options, and construction loans of all sizes, Vector is ready to help with your next project. A unique product to Vector Bank is the one-time closed loan, where you can simplify the building or remodeling process by combining your construction financing and permanent mortgage into one application, one credit approval, and one closing process. Save time, money, and hassle by eliminating the need for reapproval at the end of your construction loan. Check them out at VectorBank.com. All loans are subject to credit approval. Terms and conditions apply. See a banker for details. Equal housing lender, NMLS, Number 467014. Vector Bank is a division of Zion's Bank Corporation, NA, member FDIC. Okay, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about the Telluride market and some of the design trends that uh, you see there. You know, I'd like to start with, you know, obviously 2020 set records in every town pretty much. How did it go for you? Yeah, it was an incredible year for me. It was record year. I had my my biggest volume of sales uh, in my career in 2020. We saw volumes up by uh, 90% in San Miguel County compared to the year before. Um, so basically, what a market that is normally about 500 million a year went to over a billion. And that's something Telluride's never seen at any moment. I think the highest year before that was around 800 million. Uh, back in 2008, and uh, we were pretty steady at five to six hundred million a year in sales since about 2016, 2017. Uh, we see that trend continue this year. Uh, volume is already up a hundred million more than it was last year at this time, and obviously that was before the big COVID boom last year really settled in because we were kind of on lockdown at this point last year, I believe, or just coming out of it, and. Uh, you know, I had a, a really wild year. I have a full-time broker assistant. And in the summer, we had about 20 contracts at any given time going, which we're used to being busy at about eight to 10 contracts at a time. It's not like uh, in a lot of maybe smaller markets where it's first-time home buyers and stuff. These are very complex transactions that take a lot of attention. I think more so than not to knock any other market, but like a Denver market or something like that. I think those transactions might be without so many facets. And so with that kind of workload, 
it was really impressive. And we were considering how we hire, how do we even have time to hire? And then hiring more people in the town of Thyride is maybe more challenging than a lot of other places. Wow, no, that sounds amazing. I mean, to hit a billion dollars for a small town like a Telluride is, is a phenomenal figure. You know, what does that translate to in terms of what, what is the average price of a, you know, a decent single family home in downtown versus Mountain Village right now? Right now, downtown average price for a home, first of all, there's only seven homes on the market in the town of Telluride. There's normally about uh, 40 or so in a normal market. Seven. There's seven. And the average of those seven is probably about five million at this moment. When, you know, a year ago it was probably about two million. Uh, that doesn't mean average pricing is more than doubled. It just is because of an acute lack of inventory. So it's it's really incredible. Uh, same thing has happened in Mountain Village. Uh, Mountain Village average price for a home uh, last year at this time was probably right around two and a half million. And if you look at average prices now, it's probably closer to six in Mountain Village. There's bigger homes up there. Uh, we have about 19 for sale in Mountain Village currently. The normal market has about 80 for sale in Mountain Village. That's amazing. And what are, what are we talking about in price per square foot um, downtown versus Mountain Village? And downtown is about 50% higher than Mountain Village. Uh, when you get into highest and best properties in town, they're trading at about $2,000 a foot. And Mountain Village is about $1,000 to 1200 a foot. Obviously, there's outliers in that, but uh, that that's about where we're at right now. And there's certainly people testing, uh, especially downtown, 2500 to 2800 a foot at this moment. And so we'll see if, if those sell this summer or not. So you've had some incredible tailwinds, you know, with this, inc in, you know, really incredible uh, demand for the Telluride market and, and mountains in general. Now we're probably faced, I'm sure you are like everybody in the mountains is a lack of inventory, as you just described is, is, are there other headwinds that you're seeing, um, heading into this summer selling season? Right now, I think inventory, as you mentioned, is the biggest headwind for sure. I do think if interest rates went up to 4.5% on a 30-year or 5 we'd start to see headwinds in the lower end of the market. But it's really an acute lack of inventory in general. How do we create that inventory and how do we get our buyer to have first position on that inventory as there's more and more bidding wars in the market? As a broker, that inventory is definitely a big headwind to a business. Uh, last year at this time, I had uh, probably 16 or 18 listings. And right now I have four and three of them are under contract. It's a, That's amazing. It's a, Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been great. And I've been really lucky to create new listings really commonly right in time when I'm like, I don't have anything to sell. I've had new clients or past clients call me and it seems to be very timely that we've done that so far and we hope to continue it so if a client calls you right now and says hey you know timing's right for me i i want to i want to buy something in telluride what is your advice to them right now well my advice is to get ready right away so first we need to make sure if you need lending that we're we're ready to go but the other thing we need to do that's maybe even more important is get to know the market and where do you want to be 
in Telluride? Where do you see yourself? Is it a condo? Is it home? Is it downtown? Is it Mountain Village? Is it in the ski ranches or Alto Soro or possibly a bigger ranch property? A lot of people kind of start out without knowing the exact location. They may not know a bunch of the different locations, even within the town of Telluride. And so I try to go through and educate the buyer on every single aspect of the region and make sure we focus very closely on exactly what meets all their needs. Because when the property comes up, they're going to need to make a quick decision when it hits the market or maybe even before it hits the market to make an offer and be committed on that property. And uh, it's very difficult if you haven't narrowed down those locations and those priorities in regards to their purchase. So after you've gone through that process with the client, they've looked around and, you know, what are you finding that they're looking for? What's, what's really, you know, popular with a buyer right now for a Telluride home? Certainly, um, people are way more into the mountain modern design and new product. I think a lot of people want something, uh, obviously, we all want big views, big views, mountain modern design in a great location. There's nothing better right now than to have that. Uh, available. Uh, everybody has a different price point so that the view or the finish may be, be different or size based on that. But that's more and more we see these people with that mountain modern style finish where they kind of want modern style but warmer colors than you see in like what I call a New York City loft modern. They're looking for those warm colors, the beautiful views, uh, the clean lines, uh, new modern appliances and all that kind of stuff. And that's that's what, if you have that product, which is very rare here, that will get the top dollar and is definitely what everybody wants. Sounds familiar. You know, those homes, is there any new inventory in the pipeline? Any development happening right now in Telluride? There is uh, some development happening, but only in residential at the moment. There are a couple uh, projects trying to work their way through the process in Mountain Village that I think we could see in the next year or so for sale with, you know, um, closing and somewhere around three years. I personally have a beautiful home downtown Telluride that's under construction, under contract. It's about six, $6.6 million. It's in that mountain modern style, great location, big views. And my clients knew we were unlikely to see something finished. And so they purchased that before it's completed. I also have a client that's uh, I'm going to help list two properties that will break ground this summer in Mountain Village that are spec homes, mountain modern style, huge views, ski in, ski out. And those will be in the six and a half to seven and a half million dollar range uh, and really are exactly what everybody wants in this market. So it's exciting to bring that online. However, it won't be finished for two years. So there's not much new, hey, it'll be finished tomorrow on the horizon at the moment. This episode is brought to you by Obermeyer Wood Investment Council, an independent investment advisory and financial planning firm based in Aspen and Denver with roots dating back to 1982. Their team of experienced investors, thoughtful financial advisors, and focused problem solvers have helped hundreds of individuals, families, and nonprofits identify and achieve goals using sound advice, careful planning, and clear communication. They are locally based experts, dedicated community members, and proud sponsors of Selling the Mountains. Obermeyer Wood would like to offer all listeners a complimentary, no-pressure investment portfolio review with one of their experienced team members. To schedule a review or to learn more about their services, visit obermeyerwood.com.
So we've heard about some crazy transactions on the show um, from various brokers. Do you have any stories you want to share? When we go into crazy transactions, I think of, uh, I had a couple last year that were super challenging. I would say crazy, not in the very exciting way, but in the, wow, I couldn't believe this took so long. And I can't believe how many problems there were. And I, I was a Mesa property I had listed that a really cool property on 35 acres and nice views and great owners. Love these, these sellers, really awesome. And a very nice buyer. And I get the call maybe a week or two into the contract that there was this leak, you know, and we didn't know the extent at first. And the leak was stopped pretty quickly, but then there's all this damage. And we started working through the, the repairs. And then we started working with the company out of Montrose that I won't name names, but, you know, we had a very bad experience with. And it, this thing dragged on for about six months of two different repair companies, multiple different kinds of repair work. And every challenge you could see from a real estate perspective, I think, you know, the buyer's challenged, the seller's challenged, uh, there's financial implications. At the end of the day, we all closed it. And it's one of those that is definitely worth the champagne toast. And I, do, I don't really celebrate closings very much, but... Wow, it was a slog, and uh, we we did get through it. Because <laughs> uh, not not as exciting as some of the ones that we have, like uh, you know, where the buyer shows up and loves this five million dollar place and buys it in two days, and you know, it's the easiest thing ever, and you just go, "Wow, I can't believe I helped these people so quickly!" and really incredible, and this great amount of immediate satisfaction. It was it was one of those that really tries your will multiple times. Anyway, we ended up finishing it and uh, getting it closed and getting the repairs done and everybody's happy. And I know the buyer's happy there. I'm still in touch with them, even though they were not my client. But uh, uh, that was a, a really rough one in a pandemic, especially just add so many layers <laughs> to, right. to it. <laughs> It's, it is interesting how complex and different that each deal can be, right? And we've heard that for sure. And, you know, like you said, if somebody comes in and it's a great home and pays cash and boom, done, walk away. And uh, then you've got others that are just going to you know, sit on the market or have issues or problems and blah, blah, blah. So it's, uh, you know, and COVID obviously accelerated and made things harder in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think COVID always added a layer of stress probably to to everybody, I think that's listening to this, you know, everybody had some kind of extra stress because of COVID, you know, there's these different things in our lives we have to do. And, and in this case, you're, you're dealing with all these different subs coming in and, you know, there were actually renters in the property. So we were like trying to get access when it feels safe to those people, when it feels safe to the sub and that, you know, it just added so many layers and so much time. And then you have a lender that goes and no lender ever wants to see water damage or anything like that. And uh, just really complicated that one. So if a seller comes to you, finds you online, um, what are they expecting from their listing broker right now? You know, I think it's a little different from each seller, but clearly I think a lot of sellers right now want a listing broker that give them the most immediate and best exposure and attention to detail because I think they feel like it's a good market to capture and they don't want to, they want to go to market quickly and capture it right now. 
And they want to do it with a lot more of the digital parts than used to be requested before, which I excel at. But uh, we didn't see that in the past as much. Now we're definitely doing the virtual open houses, the virtual reality tours are part of every single listing I do, no matter what now. We started that in COVID because that was really important to buyers. So I think the digital part has is far more important than it's ever been in our business. And that goes all the way from, you know, we do these virtual showings with people, uh, the virtual open houses, you know, I've bought a lot of the equipment for this kind of stuff like gimbals and microphones and all these fun things. Um, we've really tried to bring that digital aspect to the level that people feel comfortable spending millions of dollars without being able to walk through the home, which is a tall order, I think. And it's something certainly was not happening a year ago. Uh, the sellers are often, especially in the high end, also want to stay confidential to some degree, which is a huge challenge with some new real estate laws in the state of Colorado, where you have to, uh, it's called clear cooperation, you may be aware of. Um, so a lot of people are going, hey, I want to stay confidential, but I want to list this very high end property. And you really, you can't keep that stuff out of the MLS anymore. That's a really hard challenge to meet. But they are moving very fast. And all of the systems here are always under a huge load. So the photographer is always booked up, the VR tour guys. So scheduling and getting these things and all the artwork and everything completed in a really fast time frame is helping us win some listings. Do you do a lot of the content production yourself then if you've acquired all that equipment or do you have a team that you work with? It's a little of both. So we do a lot of our virtual open houses on our own with no team, but we do have a marketing team uh, in Denver from Lib Sotheby's and local marketing with Sotheby's here. And I have a personal uh, marketing assistant here in Telluride. And so it really depends on the project and what part of it it is. So when we look at our advertising and we need to create taglines and a lot of the basis of it, we might get in depth with our marketing teams. I like to do a lot of stuff from the hip as far as a virtual open house goes, which I've just found it's kind of fun and it's more real. And I'm, as you get to know me and uh, my buyers get to know me, I'm not a uh, big production artist. I'm more of a like, here's raw Dan Docre, here's Telluride raw and beautiful. And, you know, if you don't like that and stuff and it doesn't work out, then, you know, that's okay. So I feel like uh, we've got a great team behind us, but uh, we are producing a lot of stuff in house. And uh, when I say we, I do have a, a personal assistant who's a broker named Daniel Forgrave, and he's a great guy. And uh, he's a little younger than I am, so I would say even more talented on the digital side. So that that's also a big support part of uh, what we're putting out there. He's usually holding the gimbal and doing the video, and then doing cuts that might need to be made to uh, make it a little bit better production. If you're marketing a home in Telluride to the to your Telluride market or your potential buyers, is there a marketing tactic that's just a slam dunk or it's a must have? Yeah, I, you know, I feel like anymore, it's really social media that it has to hit because I'm getting tons of leads through our social networks, where when we go and do these, you know, get these listings live, getting them out to our social network is super important. There's a lot of people watching those, even if it's just a teaser photograph, 
And we're getting leads off that stuff very quickly. I also think it's essential, and this is the old broker uh, adage or whatever, but that every broker in town knows right away. So uh, because they are a huge amount of support and they go through their database. How do you approach working with local vendors? Um, you know, you've got, you know, what is the professional scene like there in Telluride? I'm assuming you have a cadre of, you know, builders, designers, architects, and professionals helping you get all these deals and transactions done. Yeah, we have an incredible team of people here. Uh, you know, I work with a lot of people that I've done for a very long time, like Land Title is one that, you know, they've got an incredible team here. Robin Watkinson actually closed the first house I ever bought. And then I've worked with them extraordinarily closely. I feel like that we are a team on all of these deals. Um, same with our inspector, uh, you know, our surveyor. Uh, we've got close-knit communication with all of these guys. Um, we're friends. And I think we all feel like we're working together. Uh, even though we might have different goals, like certainly, you know, the inspector's goal is to find every single problem on that house and make sure that they don't buy it if there's any reason not to. And uh, uh, that is my goal as well, if there's any issue with the house. But uh, sometimes uh, it's certainly nobody's doing something rubber stamped. It's more like we're just a team. We all have a good professional working relationship. Uh, but also we're friends outside of it. I mean, I, I've skied with the inspector, you know, I've got beers with the land title folks. They're going above and beyond lately and working at the biggest amount of hours <laughs> I've ever seen them have to deal with for sure. And uh, just want to keep their morale up. I bring over some champagne here and there to make sure that, that, uh, that they all feel good. <laughs> well, just just earlier when you're talking about last summer with you know 20 deals on the table at once, and you think about everything that goes into every one of those, and all the different moving parts and different people and players, it's maintaining and cultivating those relationships is I'm sure very important, especially in a, in a very small town like Telluride. All right, so you have a very interesting listing right now. Tom Cruise, the actor, is selling his 320 acre ranch in Telluride, and he's. It's offered at thirty nine and a half million, and you are one of the listening agents. Yeah, and <laughs> let's hear about that. Well, it's really incredible opportunity that uh, started through the network of Sotheby's. It was a referral from a broker in LA named Eric Levy, who I met at one of our networking events. I've kind of countered the help of the referral by putting his name on the listing as well and giving him a lot of good exposure there it has been a really interesting experience in general the the property itself is one of the most unique and beautiful properties probably in all of colorado and maybe the united states it's a 320 acre assemblage of five different parcels with a beautiful home a one mile paved driveway through a storied aspen forest uh, nestled up against campbell peak which uh, you have views in 360 degrees. You have incredible outdoor activities available there. And uh, I've really enjoyed my time on the property. It's been every time you go there, even living in Tyride so long, you're kind of wowed by these views, this incredible Aspen forest and this incre incredible location. And I'm just uh, super lucky to have gotten the listing. For sure. No, that's that's huge. Have you had a lot of interest? We are actually under contract and we've had tremendous interest. And uh, part of getting the listing 
I thought they needed to go global and be uh, in every single you know newspaper and article we possibly could that's reputable and uh, get the best global advertising we could out of Sotheby's. And um, we had tremendous activity immediately. We were only, I think, about 12 to 14 days listed before it went under contract. That's amazing. So, you know, I, I did do some background on it and the property was listed in 2014 for 59 million. Why come out now 20 million less? So I, I think I can only speculate at how they came up with the price at that time, but I believe that was a, a time that the seller may not have been ready to sell. I don't think it was, it's a property that's hard to give a, um, comparable sale to and go, you should price like this because of the comparable sale, because there is nothing that compares to it. It's so unique. But I do think that that was out of uh, the realm of most buyers in Telluride. And at the time, they did not list it in the MLS, actually. It was just, it did get some press, but never was formally listed or kind of given global advertising levels that we were allowed on this one. When I was called to do the listing, I kind of said, here, yeah, I had some other buyers look at the property and we had dissected it in a number of ways. And I had been on the property enough times, so I knew it pretty well. And so I tried to give it exactly where I thought it would fit, given my experience with buyers on that high end and also where that property lays, everything's together with it. So I came up with the price of 39.5. I thought that was the right price. I based it off of some similar sales, if you want to call it that. I think the seller decided they really want to sell. And uh, they listened to my advice on price. And, and I think that's why we had so much interest right away. I think at 59, um, it's, that's a speculative price that um, I don't think even in this market that we would have had a chance of selling it. So the property has some really cool amenities, right? And you've been on it, and uh, sounds like there's, you know, incredible access to the national forest right off the property. There's hiking and uh, horseback riding trails and dirt bike tracks and snowmobile. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Have you had an experience? Yeah, playing at some of that stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. So there's tremendous outdoor activities. You know, it borders national forest on three sides. Um, there's some really cool fire pits. We even went out and had a fire in one of these fire pits sitting over a precipice, looking at some of the best views known to man with my family. We've snowshoed across the property. It's beautiful. But the most fun I've had is on the snowmobiles. And we have kind of cruised around on the snowmobiles multiple times this winter. And with powder coming up over the hoods, you know, even out there on the dirt bike track on the snowmobiles in the winter. And you're just so impressed with uh, this is property so close to town, but you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere on some huge exploration, having the time of your life out there on a snowmobile cruising through these forests. It's so fun. And, and you know, you go to the property and there's a couple souped up razors in the garage. Uh, you know, obviously you have the dirt bike track, as you noted, and I noted on the snowmobile, it's a property that you go to and you're like, this is the way to maximize outdoor adventure. You could go, you know, if I owned the property, I would be skinning and skiing Campbell Peak right off my property, right behind, coming back into the house, uh, skiing powder in the morning, 
could easily, you know, grab helicopters and go heli skiing from the property. I, I don't know how many miles of trail it is total, but incredible for mountain biking, uh, four wheeling, obviously dirt biking, uh, horseback riding. And you can get onto all the other trail networks of Telluride right from the property. So if you want to go do a mountain bike ride, you can leave from your door, go downtown Telluride, and then come back from Telluride. Now, the ride back would be a, quite a bit of uphill on pavement. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing the adventure style of this property. It's like no other in that realm. No, that sounds very cool. And um, I'm sure Telluride will be sad to see Mr. Cruz leave the community. Maybe he'll be back someday. Are there any other celebrity properties for sale in Telluride right now? There is. There's uh, Jerry Seinfeld's house is for sale. Uh, he's in the Raspberry Patch, and uh, they're at fourteen point nine million. And uh, that's a smaller property, about twenty eight acres. A nice house. They've got a guest house as well. And, uh, you know, there are some other celebrities here. We're not as known as some of the Aspens and that kind of stuff. I think here the celebrities come and love how Telluride they can stay under the radar. You know, it's not a town where if there's a celebrity walking down Main Street that all of a sudden there's a crowd looking at them and taking pictures or doing any of that kind of stuff. It's, it's a town where I feel like Everybody just tries to live their life uh, like a normal human being. And uh, I think the celebrities that are here enjoy that. We do have uh, other ones here, but certainly um, Tom Cruise is the biggest of the biggest. Can, so I did hear a funny story about Jerry Seinfeld and Telluride, and uh, maybe you can confirm or deny this. Somebody said he, he literally randomly called a brokerage in town and just said, hey, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. I'm looking for a home. Is that correct? I'm, you know, I'm not sure if that's actually how it happened. You know, I've heard some rumors. I definitely, I've seen him in town walking around. I wouldn't be surprised, but I had always heard that his broker on the purchase had some kind of connection through New York, a mutual friend or something or um, something like that. That was the story I had heard, but I think these stories are like tall tales in Telluride. So, you know, there's all sorts of stories I hear about the Tom Cruise ranch, they're like, Oh, I heard it has this, you know? And you're like, no, it doesn't have that. But somehow that was created in the tall tales of Telluride. <laughs> so in general, you know, in general, you know, there's, there's some celebrities, of course, but where are your, where are the clients or the, you know, people that are buying homes in Telluride generally from, you know, it's a mix across the United States with really strong markets. Uh, a lot of people coming from Texas, Austin, Texas buyers love it here. Dallas, really easy to get to from those places. We see a lot of people from Phoenix and New York's actually a very strong market for us as well. But I, I see markets uh, or my clients coming from Chicago as well, Atlanta, and we're seeing more and more from California actually. And uh, it's, it's so it's a real mix around the country. The profile is generally a little on the younger side, I would say, that, um, than you might expect. I'm seeing a lot more people my age. I'm, I'm 42. We're seeing them try to live a better lifestyle as a big part of the goal. And it becomes a, a family slash lifestyle kind of decision and purchase that is also a good investment. Certainly, you know, we see different times of year where there's different crowds from different areas. So, you know, there's, you always see, uh, certainly, Texas is a lot of people drive in here in the summer, so we see a lot, a lot more Texans in the summer. Uh, they're coming to cool off. 
I feel like New Yorkers are, are focused on the skiing a lot of times and are here in the winter and probably come back out in the summer. It, it's really interesting. I love that part of my job of meeting these people um, generally are, I would say, CEOs or higher ups in companies uh, around the United States. Uh, they are obviously in the top 0.5% of income earners in the United States. And they, they come from all over, which is great. Um, I think Tyride does though resonate to a certain kind of personality. It's, it's more of, we, we always kind of joke. It's the billionaire that's in blue jeans and a white t-shirt. It's not the person that comes to show off all their stuff or have this glamorous, kind of show off mentality. It's more of the laid back, um, low key personality. And I think that fits well with some of these other markets. Like when I mentioned Austin, Texas, there's a lot of buyers coming from there that are really kind of down to earth into music. They love the music scene here in Tyride. That's what resonates for them. I've noticed that my buyers from Chicago are all real, you know, blue jeans and a flannel shirt, down to earth folks that are, are great to just go have a beer with, you know? So it is a varied audience. It's mostly domestic. There's not a lot of foreign buyers, but yeah, I would say that's less than 3% of the market. Although we do continue to see that grow as Telluride grows on the map. Would you qualify people as saying they are generally, you know, they're sold on Telluride, they're committed and buying, or are they, are they considering other mountain towns? You know, they do consider other mountain towns. I think really seven out of 10 buyers are just Telluride. They're like, nope, we know Telluride's it. And then about three out of 10 are looking uh, maybe at Aspen, Vail, Park City, um, Jackson Hole. So we see them go at those, but usually they end up in Telluride. You know? So I, I see, I refer a lot of these people out and then they end up back in Telluride anyway, because I think it's a, it's a really unique community that uh, once they get to know, usually they like it uh, and, and the different aspects here in Telluride. I like to end the show with a few favorites. And, um, you know, obviously we've had a lot of Aspen guests on it. So it'd be great to hear some some insider tips on Telluride. So, you know, what is what is your favorite recreational pursuit uh, in the winter? Well, definitely skiing and hiking the Black Iron Bowl area of the ski area and going backcountry. And uh, if you're listening to this and you're going, hey, I haven't skied Telluride or I haven't been up Black Iron, it's just really incredible. Um, and then you can go up to Palmyra Peak if you really want to test your will. And that's such a special thing, 13,400 feet. And it's about a 45-minute hike from the lift. Uh, when you ski that in Thigh Deep Powder, it, uh, it, it's one of those life-changing kind of things. And as summer unfolds, and we're in spring now, but in, as, in summer, what do you like to do in town? You know, it starts out with the rafting season for me, and uh, I, I like to move with the season. So pretty soon here, we'll be rafting and uh, kayaking. And then I really love mountain biking. And Tyride has incredible trails to offer all around and a bunch of new trails that are lift serviced, which are super fun. I can't, I'm really excited to get my eight-year-old son out on this summer. I'm a huge mountain biker. I've already been out multiple times this year and, uh, it's one of my favorite sports, but, uh, I'm one of those guys that does a ton of sports though. So, you know, I love the fly fishing, the hiking, the stand up paddle boarding is, is really fun too. Uh, Tyred's got a lot to offer in the outdoors, 
just like all these other ski towns, but, uh, it's, it's super fun to explore it. And I always encourage my clients. I I'm a gear junkie. So I always have extra of all this stuff. So when they need life jackets and paddle boards and whatever, uh, you know, I'm the guy that just, I'm happy to buy that kind of stuff and have a lot of it. <laughs> That's a good business expense. Yeah, it is. It's a great one. So if, if you're a Telluridian and you're, it's the off season and town shut, shuttered, you know, where do you, if you're somewhere in the world, where are you going to bump into other Telluridians? It seems like everywhere. <laughs> but uh, interestingly, we just went to Hawaii for spring break. We got to our, our condo. The next day, a whole family that's good friends of ours was staying there in the condo right above us. And, and then we ended up meeting up with like three other groups. So we're in Maui. And we ran into like a dozen friends from Telluride in Maui. And uh, Crazy. it happens like everywhere we travel because Telluriders just travel everywhere. It's pretty wild. If you have an important client come to town and you're going to entertain, uh, what, where will you host that client? You know, there's really two that I love. And uh, the new Sheridan Chop House is like such a consistent number one in the town of Telluride. What an incredible place, incredible service. I mean, a lot of the guys working there have been there for 20 years or longer. Uh, so well run, great atmosphere, and a good diverse menu that works for people that are, you know, even gluten-free and all those kinds of things. So that's definitely my go-to number one with a very, very close number two of the national. A new kind of city-style restaurant uh, that I love with two head chefs that are great friends of mine kind of a different kind of menu altogether and more, a little bit more modern. And those are my two go-tos for sure. What about charitable causes or nonprofits in Telluride? Do you get behind any? I do. And you know, one of my favorites is the Telluride Adaptive Ski Program. We call it TASP. And I've always been really impressed because they get people that normally we may not think can ski paraplegics and stuff like that. People with other kinds of disabilities or different abilities, we might say. And it's my favorite organization to donate to and to support. And uh, I love getting people outdoors. Like it's a huge part of my life. And I think they do an incredible job of getting people that it's very challenging to be outdoors to go enjoy the outdoor environment. And I see these guys um, on the sit skis and I'm so impressed. And they're, they're doing some really hard terrain, but it's not just that. It's all the people that get out there uh, and I, I just think sharing the mountains is so important and to be able to get those people out, it really is a huge factor in their well-being and them enjoying their life. So final question, if, um, you know, if with limited inventory, shockingly limited, uh, I think in Telluride and in most mountain communities right now, how do you think 2021 is going to unfold? Interesting question. And I think ultimately... We are going to see uh, maybe even a lower volume than uh, 2020 because we're running out of things to sell. Generally, I think we're going to see a lot more bidding wars. And I think there's going to be some pain for some of the brokers that when you can't get listings, um, then you're going to be in a bidding war. We're going to be at more of a struggle than we were last year in that realm. But I feel well positioned for the challenge. and. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I'm not a negative person. I don't think, I think all of those are challenges, not, they're not bad things. They just make you stronger. And 
I think we're going to see pricing also go up probably 20% this year. So Dan, what is the best way for someone to connect with you if they want to learn more about the Telluride market? You know, the best way is really just to call me. I, I, I love when people call, I want to hear about their, you know, all of their goals. I think that's just the easiest way. I like to get to know my clients really closely so I can kind of put myself in their shoes and, uh, that's the best way to start it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Selling the Mountains. You'll never miss an episode if you subscribe or follow the show. If you liked what you heard, please leave a short review and share it with a friend. For more information about Selling the Mountains, including feedback, suggestions, or sponsorship opportunities, please visit sellingthemountains.com and sign up for our newsletter. You can follow the show on Instagram or Facebook at Selling the Mountains. You can follow the host on Twitter at Christian Knapp or on Instagram at Napstagram. This show was produced in collaboration with Dustin H. James at Podborder. Selling the Mountains is a production of Moment of Truth, LLC. All rights reserved.